Oh, he's 22. I did the quick Google search. He's 22. Yeah. What is he Congolese? Why are you trying to boy us? <laughs> <laughs> no, but where's he from, bro? <laughs> slow down, slow down. I have no idea. I've not checked. We haven't got time for that for now. But look yeah. at this guy. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Biomedics Talk Hall podcast. I'm your host for today, Karis, and I'm joined by my two guys, Kevin and Denzel. So what we're going to do today is that we're all going to introduce ourselves, talk about the football, and then at the end, you know, talk about our Christmas and how it went. So as you already heard, my name is Karis. A lot of you know me from my Twitter, nearly 33,000 followers. Can't believe that many people listen to me about football. It's a shock, yeah. but... Yeah, let me stop breaking now. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I do cancer biology as my master's degree. And yeah, it's going well so far. You know, there's so much stress, so much work to do. And the three of us, we all did biomedical sciences and we all graduated at the same time, which was quite nice. So we just thank God for carrying us through all of it. And at this point in life, you know, we just want to see what God has in store for us, whether... For me, for example, I want to go into either cancer research or in any other lab setting really where I can make a difference. And in my spare time, I like to do stuff like play FIFA, play the drums, and I also do video editing for some footballers in the Bundesliga. So this Christmas period has been very hectic. I've been having to do edits all day, really. But it's been rewarding, really. And yeah, I'm just happy for all the blessings and all the people in my life, really. So we'll go next to Kevin to introduce himself for a little bit as well. Hello everyone, my name's Kevin. I'm 21 years old. Uh, like Karis correctly said, we all study biomedical sciences at Brunel. I actually took the specialist um, module of um, immunology. So my course is a more directed towards the immunology side of things. Um, my career prospects is I want to study medicine. Hopefully one day become a doctor by God's grace. So in the meantime, I'm taking a gap year in which I supervise in the lab. So I went straight into the workforce for COVID samples. We do want to expand into like hematology, drug and alcohol testing and stuff like that. And yeah, so really we all just came together for the love, as, as a trio for the love of football, to see how we can link all of it together. I know people are probably wondering about medical sciences, football, we'll make it work. Don't worry about that, don't ask questions, we'll make it work. <laughs> so yeah. And in my spare time, just prefer, like keeping physically fit. I'm not gonna lie; is I'm not one of those guys that say I study. Like, I leave that for the personal statement. Like I like to play FIFA. I like to study. I, I like to play FIFA. I like to work out. All them things there. So just, just, I'm just a casual guy. Who just wants to become a doctor. Isn't it? Come on, mom, full speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my name's Denzel. As you've heard already, met both of them at Bruno. Did biomedical sciences with them interesting three years um now i'm doing my master's in bioinformatics so it's a mixture of computer science and molecular and structural biology all in one so it's a lot of coding a lot of screen time yeah really good fun um what do i enjoy doing in my spare time um playing games like anybody else um enjoy coding a lot as well also a music producer so I do quite a bit of music production with whatever I can come across, whether it's my friends or whatever. Um, but yeah, sometimes when I'm bored or like a friend needs something done for like their website or whatever, I might write a few programs here and there. 
But um, lifelong Chelsea fan, best team in Europe. That's all Loud, I want to say. Loud, man. Okay, let's let's. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I forgot to also say one thing, which is also quite a bombshell. Um, I'm also someone that survived cancer, and that's also a big inspiration for why I do what I do. So I had acute lymphoblastic leukemia when I was roughly 14 years old, and it's basically a cancer of the white blood cells and they aggressively multiply and you can imagine how tough it is just on your physical and even inside so it was a tough few years but we praise god that i've survived really and i'm here to tell the story Amen. so yeah it's just good to have this podcast where you know we can talk with my brothers basically and whether it's about football or just about general life or whatever we'll give you all of that so it should be fun and yeah we may as well get started now so away from all of this we will first talk about Chelsea which is Denzel's team so they played Aston Villa today they won 3-1 I believe I didn't watch their game so I'm just going yeah 3-1 what I've seen so I think it'd be good for Denzel to talk about his thoughts on the club in general and then maybe a little focus on the prospects they have coming through since everybody knows about La Cobham as they call them on Twitter and all <laughs> the <laughs> academy products they've got coming through. So, yeah, Denzel, you can take it away. Yeah, it was an interesting game because we started off poorly, in my opinion. Like, we were struggling so much to win any midfield battle, even with Jorginho and Kante there. I'm not sure what exactly was going wrong there, but it was like, it was so leaky. It was just going through it every single time. And I won't particularly blame Jorginho for it either, to be honest. I think it just wasn't clicking today. Um, Kante was a stalwart as usual but then first half in general one thing that stood out a lot is they were just hitting easy balls over the top like it was just straight route one and they were on to goal luckily we got saved by Chaloba quite a lot and as always Thiago Silva then second half now um, things picked up a little bit so obviously we conceded from a Reese James own goal and even prior to the own goal he wasn't having the best of games like he wasn't mishitting a lot of balls he wasn't really he wasn't whipping balls in the way he normally does but fair enough you know every, every player has their off game so yeah he ended up scoring their own goal and then second half comes and Callum Hudson-Odoi wins us a penalty where he just drives into the box behind who was it again was it Matty Cash or something like that and he ends up not seeing him and he fouls him wins us a penalty so Cho was a standout player that game if not for Lukaku I think Man of the match board have probably gone to Joe because he had a very, very good game today. And I always say we we are most creative when Callum Hudson Adoy plays. So yeah, he won that first penalty. He got an assist as well. And then obviously Big Rom comes on, scores, big bold shiny head. And then he also won the um, second penalty at the end as well, which Jorginho converted. So overall, second half much better, but we were we I think that's kind of obviously that's kind of what establishes teams that can win like the Champions League where you start off poorly but then you can make those impactful subs and change your tactics and bring the game back because it's not bad, Nick. prior to those subs we were not looking like winning that game against Bayern Munich this won't work bro <laughs> we bro speaking um, we'll see yeah speaking of Hudson Adoy um it's funny you talk about him. I know that in the WhatsApp chat, myself and Kevin mock him quite a lot. Like, I think I called him Azonta Daniel James 
Just <laughs> Kevin's <laughs> called him so many names as well. The, the Jordan Ayu region. Because <laughs> he's got a name. Jordan Ayu region with curly hair, bro. Yeah, but in all honesty, like, yeah, in all honesty, though, I do kind of rate him a little bit. Like, I think he's got good creative ability. And as you said, he makes you guys better when he does play. But he I think for sure, and of course, he's a bit young, but he needs to develop more of a cutting edge to his game. Like, he has chances that he can convert and he doesn't really. Yeah, he's finishing he should, not like, the best at the moment, but he's only he had one today. So he's got time. Yeah. He had one against Leicester. I remember watching that game with some friends. Um, you know. He's a good player, but of course he needs to be a bit polished. But as I said, maybe we're too harsh on youngsters sometimes. They'll come with time. But for now, I'll be mocking him if I can. But what I will say, if I was to be like realistic, is I like the I like the way he he's very much a pass first player and he reads the field quite nicely. So I made mean, a lot of key passes that I did find very very impressive considering his age. But I think the problem I have with a player of like Kalah Hudson Odoi is. In those final third situations, sometimes you need killer instincts. Don't be a Rashford and always have your head down, but sometimes you do end up messing up your team's attack if you're too afraid to take that risk and be uh, a killer in that in those kind of situations, you know what I mean? But today's game wasn't too bad at all. Wasn't too bad at all. And I personally believe that, like Denzel said, the subs that were made were very, very impressive. However, I do not believe Chelsea will continue their European glory this year round only because a lot of games this season they have not very they're not uh, been overrun in the midfield and Jorginho is not a good player I don't care about the third place by Lodor. he's not a good player stop hating bro it's not healthy <laughs> <laughs> he's alright but the way he got top three hey if I speak, <sighs> if I speak right, off, big... off the record it should have been Kante but that's my boy anyway so we move and and it should have been Mendy for the goalkeeper Oh, 100%. 110%. Exactly. But Racismo won, as always. So. <laughs> <laughs> the you both won, but it is what it is. But, uh, but yeah, I thought it would be good to focus on the prospects you've got. You've got so many good ones coming through. Like, uh, you've got Reese James, you've got Mason Mount, who seem to come on even further this season. Mm. Who else have you got that I'm missing We've out? got even players that are not here. We've got Conor Gallagher at Palace. Mm. Yeah, we've he's got, been wonderful. We've got Valentino Livermento at Southampton. Yeah. Did he sell got, him though? Yeah, but we've got a buyback clause. But we want to play second fiddle to Reese James. I don't know what his situation was there, to be honest. But um, there's a buyback clause there when we sold him anyway. Oh, um, have you got? I interrupted, but... Um, yeah, Armando Broja. Oh, crazy, he's crazy striker, man. Crazy striker. He's so sick. I really hope even if it's not like a... I hope when he comes back next season, he can be a regular squad player because he he deserves that at the very least. But yeah, him, Conor Gallagher. Um, we've got quite a few really good youngsters out there. Obviously, everyone knows about Cho and Mason Martin, Rhys James, and even Christensen. He flies under the radar a lot. He did come from Cobham. He doesn't really get that credit much, but he does his thing as well. But yeah, I think we arguably have the best academy in Europe right now. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree too. We definitely do. Like we produce so many stars in almost every single position. Like it's crazy. Even Jude Sins at Bell, um, Harvey Vale, they played in the Carabao Cup game and they had a good game themselves as well. Levi Colwell. Well. Yeah, Levi Colwell, great option at centre back. So yeah, I think in terms of youngsters, we're not we're not worried in that department at all. I guess they'll be or it might even be difficult to fit all of them in because there's just so much talent coming through. 
that inevitably some of them will get shifted on. Like we have to sell Tarek Lamptey because he thought he was good enough to be a star. Whereas we would have probably would have wanted to keep him as a squad option. Um, we had like Jeremy Bogar, who's I think at Sassuolo, but I think he's now yeah, about to be bought. Yeah. yeah, he's about to be bought by Atalanta now, I think. So yeah, I guess not everybody can stay, unfortunately. There will be a cut out of those names I've mentioned, I'm sure a couple of them will probably end up getting sold or learned one more time. But sometimes the price you pay for having such a strong academy is a lot of players end up just falling victim to never get an opportunity. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Lucas Piazdon <laughs> was oh, all, all over the world. He, ultimate journeyman. That guy, <laughs> I don't think he ever played a professional game for us. Nah. I can't remember one. And if he did, it was only one. That brother mm-hmm. was, like... Yeah. And uh, Van, Van Hinkle. Yeah, Van Hinkle <laughs> as well, that guy. He, I think he, we eventually sold him. I think last window we sold him, I think. It's I like could be time. wrong. But yeah, yeah even him as well. Like, you just Chelsea has a problem with buying niggas and then just not playing them and just learning them out forever. Like, who remembers that guy we bought, Jilla Bodji? <laughs> uh, oh, bought, I remember we, him. Yeah, uh, yeah. We and bought this random. Yeah, 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 yeah. We bought him for no reason, bro, and just kept yeah. learning him out. Even yeah. that other American brother, Matt Miazga, that plays centre back, he's never gonna play for us. Just sell him. These are business moves, bro. You to expand your mind. These are business moves. <laughs> <laughs> Words. It's like crypto. The Texan market, the Washington market. Joel, like, I, think, I think sometimes Chelsea buys players out of spite just to make sure one of the other big six clubs doesn't get them. They have no intention of playing them. Just like, let me just take this guy in case he bangs and hold him here prisoner. Let yeah. me ask one thing. What Have you seen much of Malang Sar play for Chelsea? And if so, what do you think of him? He's cheeks, bro. He needs to go. <laughs> I can't lie. <laughs> I know he's young, but I don't care if it's Carabao Cup. I don't want to see him playing, bro. Like, he's so raw. It's ridiculous. Like, he's so rough around the edges. It's not time. Just send it. He's not ready to be a squad player. I'm so sorry. This guy is so rash with everything he does. It's just like... Honestly, somewhere, anywhere but he's not ready to be playing for us at all. I think, is he not only like 19 or something? No, he's older than that, I think. I'm not sure. He must be like 20, 21. I'm not yeah, entirely yeah. sure. He, he's not it, fam. I'd rather watch Xavier Mboyamba play, fam. <laughs> not not my Lang Sar, bro. <laughs> oh, he's 22. I did the quick Google search. He's 22. Yeah. What is he Congolese? Why are you trying to boy us? <laughs> <laughs> no, but where's he from, bro? <laughs> slow down, slow down. I have no idea. I've not checked. We haven't got time for that for now. But <laughs> look yeah. at this guy. <laughs> I'm trying to cuss Congaree. Two Nigerians cussing Congo. I see how it is. No, no, no. It's just for, I think he might even be Senegalese or something. Let me let me quickly check. Probably his name sounds Senegalese. That makes sense. But yeah, like in regards to Chelsea, like the amount of talents that you've got that are making ways is just. Like, you know, it's just amazing. Like, especially Broya, I like so much. He reminds me of Diego Costa in a way. Like, yeah. the way he uses his body and physicality is just so good. He's so, Senegalese for, for clarity. He's Senegalese. Ah, uh, see. That's calm. Mendy. I wanted to quickly mention this year. Even though he's not technically in the Chelsea mode right now, I would still want to bring Tammy Abraham into this conversation. Only oh, reason, bro. Only reason why is because of all the rival players... That I saw, especially in that number nine position, 
I love the way he played, especially off the ball. Like his off the ball movement was so beautiful. Like if if Rashford could just watch him, please, Rashford, please, just just watch the way he played off the ball, bro. You know, every day get the ball, dribble, dribble, step over, and shoot from distance. Tyree Abraham literally was off the ball movement, and when he did most of the time, especially when he got like in that final third in a good position, he finished it. Till today, yeah. I regret us selling him so much, and I partly blame Lampard because. I will never forget his hat-trick for Wolves. That day, he did not put a foot wrong. The mm. problem was, when Lampard was our manager, he basically made Tammy our de facto number nine. At mm. such an early stage in his career, he was basically our set number nine. Like, Giroud was not our set number nine. Tammy was at that point. And then Tuchel comes now, and it's like, well, Tuchel's obviously realised Tammy's good, but not good enough to be our starting number nine. and Unfortunately, you can't really knock a player from being a regular starter to just relegate them to being a squad player like that. So yeah. Tammy said, cool, I'm going to go somewhere else, isn't it? So I don't blame him for leaving, but I wish it could have played out differently because he was really, really good. Like, I don't mind a striker that tries something different and misses here and there, but at least he was shooting and he would score sometimes, isn't it? Whereas if you look at people like Werner now, my man's had like 47 appearances and 10 goals or something. So, but no, Tammy's doing well though in Syria. Like, I know yeah. the thing is that I feel like people on Twitter hate him partly because sometimes his aesthetic looks like a donkey, kind of like you know, yeah, he's got like Bambi. shots or whatever. Yeah, basically, that's the word. But, um, I feel like he's just quite a nuisance. Like, even if he's not the best in the air, his movement, like Kevin said, he always gets to place to finish chances. I think in the league, when I last saw his stats, he has nine goal involvements in the league in 18 games, which is very, very good. So he can only continue to get better from there. And other than Harry Kane, I don't really <coughs> see any strike. If you can't honestly can't agree with as a striker, I don't see anyone that's really better than um, Tammy Abraham, really. And he's a bit underrated, but he'll get his flowers soon enough, to be honest. So he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. How old is he? Is he not only like 23? Something like that. And he's already got like over 100 career goals. So, yeah. People need to put some respect on his name, to be honest. I think another thing I like is, um, especially as I said, a United fan and experience in Mourinho football, the, his output and the amount of goals he's scoring, it actually, you need to times that by like at least 1.5. Because playing for like the likes of a Mourinho is just like what he's doing is so unreal at that such a young age. So, Hey, look, another man's trash, another man's treasure, isn't it? So, like, Tammy Abraham, come to United, bro. Carrington's open to you, bro. Like, Marshall's going, that, that shirt is yours. Just come. Like, forget <laughs> Sam Madrid, bro. It's a run-down stadium. Why do you want to go there? Have you tried to put... You know what? Let me know if you get into it. You they, call your, they call your stadium old toilet as well, because of the league. Well, we have 13 Premier League titles. <laughs> look at you. <laughs> so let's talk shameless about that. guy, fam. Oh, shame the shameless. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, let's move on and let's talk about Kevin's team, which is Manchester United. So, obviously, they've gone through the motions. They they were talking about a super team. We're gonna win they're, the cu- they're currently seventh the place, Champions by the way. League. They're currently where? Seventh place. Ross. Yeah. Add yeah. full context. We're three games behind. Add full context. Seventh place with CR7. Right, anyway, to continue. <laughs> Oli came. He did a bad job. Oli's gone. Now they've got Super Ralph Rangnick in charge. And we can't really judge him quite yet, but obviously Kevin can talk about what he thinks of United so far. 
Um, so United in that very awkward phase in transition, and I say transition is in in the, in the sense that since 2013 we've been in a very very long transition, which if we had a more competent board, we very much should have we should be contending right now. Our transition should have also gone for a transition after Alex Ferguson would have appointed someone who was a lot more competent. But hey, we could that's never here or there. So regardless of the current circumstances, we have a team where on paper we should be contending for every single title. We have arguably the greatest player of all time up front. We have a good young core. Bruno Fernandes is a good player. I don't believe he's good for the position he's playing in, in the sense of what he's meant to bring to the team because we don't have enough creativity. But in terms of the general ethos of the team right now, it's very confused because we have a young, young-ish team in the sense of the players who are popular and are, uh, are like the first names on the team sheet. However, the appointment of Ronaldo, which I'm overjoyed with, by the way, it kind of goes against everything that we are technically saying we're trying to build. And I personally believe that right now, as a United fan, it's very difficult to say what on earth is really going on because everything is just confused. Even our lineup is confused. Like, why is Harry Maguire playing, please? Why is Scott McTominay playing, please? So I, quite frankly, all I can really say is any person, which I believe Rangnick is, who has common sense and any type of understanding of football will understand that this United project is not meant to be as difficult as the Glazers are making it because we still have one of the greatest pools in the Premier League. We are still one of the biggest teams in world football. You know what I mean? And it will take a long time for any team to really come close to our legacy. Yet, we are out here getting outplayed by Billy Gilmore in, in the midfield. Please. like Respect is, Billy Gilmore. No, no, Arsenal, we, we respect Billy Gilmore. I can respect Billy Gilmore, yeah, but Billy Gilmore should never, ever have any type of chat for a Man United midfield. Like, you're telling me, like, the old United midfield, which had G-Song Park and them, man, would not dominate Billy Gilmore? Like, we're, we're really talking, going we're down. We're talking about present day, bro. Yeah, present day. And what I'm saying is that Scott McTominay should not be a footballer, bro. You should be arrested for war crimes. <laughs> this guy has committed football genocide. Sideways, sideways, backwards, backwards. He has passion, though, yeah, but like, yeah, he plays for the badge. Respect him, bro. The English characteristic of what an ideal footballer is hasn't won them nothing, bro. 1966, bro, is the last time England has ever won anything of note. Like, please, let's 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 actually change what we're meant to be doing here. Like, fighting for the badge don't mean nothing. To be fair, he's Scottish. He's not that English, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean, bro. You know what yeah, I mean. I know what you mean to do. I That's know. What I mean. <laughs> the UK standard of what a footballer is. So Scotland. Ireland or them, man. Fight yeah, I feel, like, I feel like in regards to United, it's very easy to be negative with everything that's happened with Oli and then Rangnick coming in, but who are the players that have really impressed you this season? Like, if you can name two or three that have impressed you and say why. Mason Greenwood is screaming for consistency. Consistency in terms of playtime, uh, consistency in terms of positioning. Out of any footballer in his age range, I cannot name any footballer who has better finishing than Mason Greenwood. I can agree with that. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't score. He doesn't score ugly goals. And when I say ugly goals, everything he does has intention behind it. So if he shoots something, you know he meant to do that. If he's a fox in the box, you know what he. You know he knows what he's doing. And another player that's kind of also impressing me is Diego Dalo. How old is he? It doesn't have to necessarily be a young player, but I kind of like what I'm seeing under Ralph Raniak, and it's kind of what I always see in a right back. He's like a 
Hakimi type build. I'm not saying he's as good as Hakimi, but he really attacks, really aggressive, really brings something to the right hand side. Something which Aaron Wan-Bissaka really just cannot offer at all. He's twenty two. He's twenty two. So yeah, I'll, that's a really good player that I would love to really invest our future in because Wan-Bissaka, quote unquote, the former winger, he can't do nothing. It's just slide tackle, slide tackle, inshallah. That's his career. Do I really want that as my right back? That's Croden's finest as long. We don't claim it no more, Respect AWB, fam. Aaron Basaka is not going to make an English national team, for one. And Neither the Congolese one. Yes, but he'll be your captain, bro. You need to God forbid. That's not a portion. Your captain. He's a captain. But like, um, I think the final player I can kind of say, and he actually doesn't play that much, is um, oh, what's his name? Living on top of my head. Oh my gosh, what's his name? Is uh, Twan Zebi. Now he's not played this year, but the reason why no, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> the reason why is because Twan Zebi has been treated so unfairly at his time at Man United, United because the build, his build is elite for what I like in a defender as in strong and he's pacey. There are other things can can be molded into him. So like if you wanted to start ball playing, you could tra- you could train him in that way. If you wanted to start like uh, I don't know, pinging long balls, then yeah, you can you can do that. But for, he, he he literally um, pocketed Mbappe and I've not seen him play since. You know what I mean? Has he had so, injuries or something or what? He's I believe he was loaned out, but even before being loaned out, he was just alienated from the team because you know Oli for a long stretch of his tenure at United, was literally just trying to save his job. So he'll play the same guys over and over again. Even if these guys have got like a collapsed lung, he'll still play them. <laughs> yeah, the thing with Tanzabi is that I do think he's a decent player, but he's 24 now. Like, don't get me wrong. At this age, I'm not saying that you're in your prime, but you have to like show something. And if you can't get consistent minutes, like availability is one of the best qualities you can have. So I do feel like... He's going to be a good Premier League player, but for United, if you want to aim for the big trophies and stuff, even as backup, I don't think he's going to really suffice. I think you can do better than him, to be honest. But as I've got Congolese bias anyway, I do think he's a decent player. But They're, they're going to send nah, him to Brighton in two windows, bro. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Well, that's what I said. Like, United is a very, like, it's a very special case because a lot of players, which could have been, are only could have because of the unfortunate running of the club. Like, you're telling me Twanzebe, if Twanzebe was not a Man City, he would not be one of the best defenders in the Premier League right now. It depends. So, like, you know, on, development is not linear, so you never know how it'd be under someone else. But. Fair enough. But on skill set alone, what does Maguire have over the likes of Twanzebe? He's white. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, on a real, yeah, Maguire is six foot four, English centre-back. English centre-back, right? National team centre-back. Captain of Manchester United, so on mentality alone, he's already not. He's already not very. He's not impressed me. Like covering your ears against what was it, um, Montenegro, against some farmers, against some farmers. Like bro, allow it, bro. You're eighty million pound centre back, and if if I just if I pull the hatred I have for this defender, I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually funny because as an officer, I always provide balance on Maguire for this guy. Like the thing is, he can pass. And I think last season he did very well, but I don't know what happened this season. He just hasn't been on it at all. Like since the Euros, where he was so good, he's just been complete, like just terribly done, terribly wrong since. I don't know what's going on with him, but 
I'm he hesitant since sport. he had that fight in Greece, I swear. Honestly, this guy out here pulling shanks on people. Like, focus on your football. <laughs> so, Rashford gets criticised for actually helping poor, um, starving children, right? Maguire out here pulling shanks on people on holiday and he's, he's England golden boy. What the hell? <laughs> anyway, um, in terms of prospects now, because I know that United fans are to talk about their academy too. So, is there anybody that is either in the first team or looking to get into the first team that you're looking forward to and thinking that, hmm, this guy's got potential? I'll leave out Greenwood because obviously everyone knows his talent. I'd like to talk about um, um, what's his name? His name's not Mendy. It's um, the centre back. Sorry, this, this, um, the main I think I believe it's Mendy. Oh, talk Mendy. about uh, talk about Amadiallo, fam. Amadiallo. No, I'm getting there. He was actually one of the people. I'm going to talk about, talk about uh, Mengi. Sorry, I don't know. I forgot his name. I'm tired. Yeah, tell him, tell him Mengi. Yeah. What I saw from that little snippet against Young Boys was really, really impressive. Like Maguire won't Maguire will never do that for you, man. Because by the time this guy gets to the ground to do that slide tackle, the game, these games, they've already scored two. Because this guy is so slow in all of his movements, bro. So Mengi, what I saw from him was really, really good, really, really sharp. He seemed like a regulated Eric Bailly. You know what I mean? Really regulated Eric Bailly. And uh I believe that Amadiallo, beautiful player. Like, I personally believe that his dribbling and the way he takes on players is, I don't want to say second to none in our team, but he has more conviction rather than just head down like Rashford. Do you get it? He's very, like, both-footed, isn't he? Like, he can use left and his right so easily. Yeah. Like, I remember when he first came, he reminds me a little bit of, like, Usman Dembele before the injury kind of, you know, took over him, really, like, the way he can accelerate, use both feet. Like, I'm sad that I haven't seen more of him play because if he seems very good. Yeah. So, that's that's a lot of the guys. Um, Medbury, or how we pronounce his name, if there's French Mandem out there, or hmm? Tunisian Mandem, I apologise. Medbury. He played in the Arab Cup for Tunisia. He played very well. He played extremely well. And I think the reason why I like it is because I believe our team lacks creativity. We're, if you look at our, our front core, everyone is shoot first. Everyone literally just prioritises getting a shot off. And I believe if you can maybe have one or two players who maybe can do a bit of both, but don't mind sacrificing goal scoring to create for other people, we'll have a lot more potent Manchester United. Because you can't have CR7 and not be one of the top scoring teams in the league. It doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I've got for United. But the general output of and the future for United, just to kind of summarise it all in one, is I believe it's a very confusing situation because we have all the tools in front of us. You know that like parents evening when they say, he's got all the tools, but he talks too much. That is basically United, bro. <laughs> like everything is there in front of you. You're just not putting the dots together, bro. And I have to say, um, Woodward, there's a special place in Hellfire for you, bro. There's a special place in Hellfire for you. May God have mercy on you. Hey. And, yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah, Denzel, you got anything to say tonight before we move on to Arsenal? I think Kevin covered all the points nicely, to be honest. But um, I think in terms of prospects, the prospect that you have, I'd say that I know the most. And know he's doing right to the top is Greenwood, for sure. Yeah, like... Same with Greenwood, like it's hard to praise him even as an Arsenal fan because I hate United fans so much. But Greenwood, like the way he can shoot on sight and get it on target literally almost every time is so good. His all round game is slowly developing and getting better and better. I just want to see him play more for United. Like 
I don't think he's played Is Greenwood even 20 yet? I, I think he's same age. I think he's twenty, like same age as Saka, I believe. Yeah, he's crazy, man. I'll yeah, I want to say nineteen. No, I That's think what he's I was thinking as well. Him and Saka, if he is twenty. He probably just turned twenty. Yeah, he turned twenty October. Yeah, I thought so. So see, he's so young and has that much potential, really. I'm born two thousand one. He's better than your main striker, Karis. How do you feel? Man said a Bambiang, you know. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get onto that later, which is my segment now. So, yeah, we'll talk about Arsenal. And it's been a roller coaster. Like, these guys I've seen in our WhatsApp chat. One week, I'm so happy. Then, let's say we go three weeks down the line, I'm like, what the hell is going on at this club? So far, I'm in a happy place, really. So, it's quite nice. Today, we beat Norwich 5-0. It was better compared to when Aubameyang played. We only, we only won, like... I think it was 1-0 or 2-0 or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but Aubameyang was holding us back. Then this game, all the youngsters were linking up. Bang, one goal, two, three, four, five. Billy Gilmore was looking like Billy No Mates. He was just dead. Um, but yeah, the youngsters have already impressed me this season, to be honest. Um, guys like Erdegaard, who I've criticised for so long, he started coming to his own recently, since that United game where he kind of messed up a little bit, even though he did get a goal there, he's like started to take the creative reins of the team. He's creating so many chances, so many free balls. There's everything that I really wanted to see in him. So hopefully that continues. Marcinelli is kind of a guy that almost became a forgotten man, really. Like when he had his injury to his meniscus and came back, people were like, oh, he's not going to come back. Well, some did. Or like, you know, he's just not that good. And I just thought, you know, people are making snap judgments. Like, you know, give him a chance. He's come into the team since Newcastle scored that volley. And since then, he's not never looked back. Like, to bench Smith Rowe, who's doing well himself, just shows you how well Martini has been doing for us. Like, he's reminded me in shades of Alexis, really. Like, what do you guys think of Martinelli, really? I think he's my favourite young player that we've got right now. He's a Ronaldo. Yeah, Martinelli's cold still, I can't lie. He's definitely, he's a serious baller, man. And I think he's, like, he's, he's definitely got that Arsenal DNA, though. all the flair, all of it. Okay, yeah. Don't gas him now, don't gas him about Arsenal DNA. That's that's also the FA Cups, but anyway, before we go, <laughs> <laughs> I have to get that in, isn't it? Fair enough, get that in, because I know you've reached this FA Cup thing all season long with this with, um, with the podcast, so I need to just maybe water it down from now. But like, all just aside, Martelli is a fantastic football player, and for. Arsenal, despite being a rival, I believe Arsenal has a very, very good... When Arsenal get it right, they get shit right. So, again, Martelli from the fourth division of Brazil, right? Yeah, it's fourth division. Was it Wenger that found him? No, no, it was um, Kagigal, who was an old scout. I think he's left now, sadly, but... Yeah. Uh, Wenger had dementia for five years. You know he's not getting Martinelli. <laughs> 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 but no, uh, Martinelli, when I, when I watch him play... It reminds me of Ronaldo when Ronaldo first came to the Premier League, in a sense. Actually, actually no. Ronaldo, when Ronaldo first came to the Premier League, he was just a step-over merchant. He reminds me of Ronaldo when Ronaldo was like 24 and started prioritising the goals over the showboating. Yeah, because Martelli's not like uh, flary like Ronaldo was, obviously. Yeah. yeah but I had to quickly correct myself. Martelli is a beautiful footballer. Like, Yeah, he, he can take on a man and then he's... He can take on a player, but he doesn't. It doesn't end there. Like he will know when to shoot or when to pass. Some yeah. youngsters they can take on players, but they lack that decision making in the final third. Mm. Completely. Like his shots, also 
like not as good as Green was finishing, but he hits him with conviction pretty much. And the way he presses too, like he's literally everywhere on the pitch. So when he's there, you can tell that he's there really. And then the last youngster I want to talk about, obviously, is Bukayo Saka. And he's probably the best player on our team right now, to be honest. Like every game, he's probably our technical leader. The way he gets the ball, he'll have like three men coming to him. That's how scary he is right now. Like when he gets the ball, he can drive past his man at oil. He started to, at least since this Norwich game, to finish a little bit better. Because I think that was his only weakness, really, that, you know, Saka's finishing is something that has to improve. And over the season, we want to see that to continue to improve, really. But he's been really good. His creative threat, you know, gets constantly, gets crosses in. Um, I just don't have many words to say for Saka. Everybody knows his quality by now. So, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, that Saka's quality was evident from even before the Euros, but I guess the Euros is when he really made a name for himself. He was the first of the youngsters to find his footing as a professional. And I also believe that it could be an unpopular opinion, it could be a hot take. Within two years, Saka will be one of the best players in the Premier League. I don't think it's a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. If it's a hot take? No, I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, competing for categories. Like like Golden Boot and all them things or what? Maybe more assists because he's a creative player. Like top assist, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He no, I agree. Like he'll, if he does reach his ceiling, which is very high in my opinion, he could be one of the players to break the assist record. If I had to pick someone, he won't be at Arsenal. Be Saka. Not at Arsenal, no. What's he doing? What's he doing at Arsenal for, man? <laughs> Here we go. I don't know. I wait, but I swear he wait. Didn't he not recently get proposed of a new contract extension until 2027 or something? Um, that was just some Turkish source that was just chatting rubbish. But um, I think last year he signed a new contract, I think till 2024 or something like that. If I'm wrong, then they can correct me or whatever. But he's got a few years left at least, but it'll be good to extend him and, you know, add to his wage because I don't think he's getting enough compared to what he actually does on the pitch because he's our best What's he player. on at the moment? Um, I have to check that maybe after the podcast. I can't be asking yeah, now. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it'll be very hard to. I mean, he came from your academy, right? Yeah, he came from the academy. Yeah, yeah. so he's got that loyalty there as well. Anyway, it will be. I can't lie. He will get a lot of offers from the big clubs in the future. Like, I won't be shocked 100%. if even like next season, if someone like Barcelona made a bid for him, I wouldn't be surprised. If you guys finish fourth, he'll be more than happy to stay at Arsenal. Even if you don't finish fourth, I think he'll be happy to stay anyway. But if there's some clear indication that Arsenal is on the up and trying to compete for actual serious trophies, you won't have to fight to keep him there or anything. Like He won't be drawn by prying eyes from the other clubs thinking, oh, but I want to win trophies. Like He's young. There's time for Arsenal to build on that. The thing with Arsenal is that I kind of understand why some fans don't like Arteta and they're kind of impatient because, you know, I think the main criticism of Arsenal, and I do agree with it, is that we beat the teams that we're supposed to beat and obviously you can't ask for anything more than that. But I think the issue this season has been, you know, away from home sometimes that we score a goal against a team that, you know, we're doing well. And then once we score that goal, we kind of, you know, cower or get scared and then, you know, let the other team back into the game to do their thing when obviously we have more quality than that. And people are asking, is it, you know, the manager's fault? Is the player's fault? It could be a bit of both. Like things can co- coexist like that, really. Like, this is the first time in a long time Arsenal has played away from home, how Arsenal should play away from home. So, you okay. guys, Arsenal, histo- like historically, you're meant to be that team that when you play somewhere at Norwich, you batter them. 
not like a yeah. little one nil or like it's a KG two one. You need another goal to feel secure. Like no, nah, like you you should be smoking these smaller teams like that. And I think this is your joint record away win. I think. I believe so. I could but be yeah, wrong. yeah. Like today, Arsenal played like how Arsenal should be playing against a smaller side away from home. Yeah, it's one of it's one of these things where you know there's been a few concerns there, but myself personally, I'm like very positive. That's just how I tend to be anyway. But I think we just got to wait to see how things are at the end of the season. I think Arteta has done a good job of raising these young players. They're all players of you know potential to go on even further and to do bigger things, and hopefully they can fulfil that. So obviously it's a waiting game. Some will be patient, some won't be. So we'll see what happens. Regarding um... Arsenal, right? I feel like it's it pains me to see how good you guys are doing, but hey, that's life. Arsenal are looking like a very good team, and like, like Denzel said, they are playing as how Arsenal should be playing. However, one thing I will say is, without correct backing in the summer, I believe that Bayern Munich are going to be licking their lips <laughs> when they draw you man in the Champions League, <laughs> because we all know that their man are hungry for another five five nil snuffing of you man. Because you guys are their food. But all of guys, even with those defeats, I do believe that Arsenal have the good core. They have a good spine. Like, I believe uh, for a team that's about to go on up, they have a good spine. So a good keeper, a good centre-back, a good midfielder and a good attacker. And good thing for you, they're all young. So Ramsdale, fantastic keeper. He's talking a bit too much shit for someone who's literally just becoming relevant. Like, you've been relegated two times, bro. But other than that... I love it, though. I, don't, I can't lie, I love it. The, the shithousery is too much. Like, he, even he's like, just living life. Man like Emil, 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 what's his name? Emil, Emiliano Martinez, yeah. Calm down. Calm down. Like, honestly, calm down. Are you Buffon? If Buffon was chatting like this, I would, I understand. But, like, calm down. But Ramdo's good. I like Gabriel, your Brazilian centre-back. Because, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll pose the question again. Gabriel Maguire, what are we doing here? How are these guys working in the same drop? For me personally, maybe some people will disagree, but I don't mind. I think Gabriel's one of the best centre-backs in the league right now, 100%, at least for the season. 100%? Um, you can definitely give him a shout for top 10 in the league right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at the minimum, top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Of the top six, right, I'll actually say, other than Tottenham, because their defence is garbage, United have a pretty shitty defence. Like... Lindelof gets too much stick, even though some of it... You're, some not, of it, you're, not, you're not feeling Varane no more now. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me Varane, our defense is Varane and a bunch of boys because Maguire is useless and Lindelof is, he's, he gets bullied too much for a defender. Like, I need a Vidic, but keeping the focus on Arsenal, I feel like even if you guys were to make it into top four and go to Champions League and get battered, that is the type of experience your players need because you guys have the right formula. And if you can keep track of, if you can keep tabs on those players and keep them happy enough to stay, you're going to have a very dominant. You could form another legacy again, like another golden era. The core of Martinelli, ESR, Saka, they need to hold on to that for sure. Whatever yeah, happens, cool. even if you get relegated, obviously not going to happen. Just make sure they do not go anywhere, fam. Mm. That's the thing. I feel like they're all going to want to stay. And I think, as I was saying, the key thing is that we get a striker because, like I said, it's going to leave for sure. And then Abamyang with his situation. What do you guys think about what happened with Abamyang? Like, was it right what Arteta did, or do you feel sorry for him? Or Abamyang is not a real person, fam. <laughs> He's not a real person. How can you have three disciplinary records as the, the club captain? What are you doing? 
he's not real. I don't understand what what was his even what was his reasoning? What did um, he actually he say to, to defend himself? He went to visit his mother in Laval in France. I think they came, he came back later than was stated that he's supposed to come back. And that's where Arteta must have gone angry and been like, look, you're not my captain no more. You're out of the squad or whatever. And it wasn't that situation alone from what I've read. It was like... Yeah, it's, it's been multiple incidents. I think many I saw something. Yeah. yeah, I saw something where like he missed training a couple of times. Well, I don't think... I feel like he's... For most of his after career... He's been a good influence, but the last, I don't know, 18 months since Arta has been here, there's been a few cases where they've butted heads, even if they've had a largely good relationship. Like, you turn up there to North London Derby, that is serious. Like, I, I think Aubameyang is another victim of the big contract phenomenon. So, yeah. once a player gets a big contract, they lose love for the game. However, I do also want to mention that I don't believe that same phenom- phenomenon applies with Ozil. I personally believe that Ozil was somewhat of a problem, but Arsenal's treatment of Ozil was so ridiculous. Like, you guys were watching certain players playing ahead of him, which I kind of felt like an Ozil in those positions would have been good. But Organa Bamiang, he's just not focused. Like, he's made his money. This guy wears he's got, he's got his gold Lamborghini, bro. He doesn't care about football no more. I lie. He's just typical uncles. Like, he's wearing white jeans with a chrome Ferrari. Dude, does he look serious to you? <laughs> and he has to have, like, that like, fluffy thing on the top of his head. Like, bro, you're, you're almost 40. What's going on? But um, yeah, and he, I think he's gangbanging as well. You see him wearing those, that um, three times three Edmonton nine um, uh, merch. Oh yeah, Tio Wayne put him on his. Yeah, um, <laughs> I saw that. They safe in Tottenham, bro. <laughs> if he, if he drives past Broadwater Farm Estate, he's getting shot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, long, like with Aubameyang, like you know, I'm thankful he's done for the club, but like. Obviously, you're going to hate with this FA Cup stuff. When he, when he beat Chelsea, like he was instrumental in the games against City. All these semi-finals, finals, he's been really important for us. Yeah. And at many times where the rest of our outfielders weren't scoring, he was the one that was scoring, along with Lacazette in 18-19. But just as things have gone on, you know, he's just declined so much, whether it's his finishing or in general, he doesn't really impose stuff on games. Like, I think it's been a theme throughout his after career at times that as good as he is, he'll, he'll have games where a defender will just lock him off like it's nothing. Yeah. Like is he is he not like 34 now? He's 33, I believe. You're only like one off anyway. But um yeah, it's his time to go to them. It's like, you know, thanks for the memories, but it's time. We need to get a striker that can do everything, that can link up, can press, can score. Um, I want Jonathan David personally, but you know. It's one of these things where we'll have another segment at some point to talk about transfers and whatnot because we're approaching January soon. Don't cry because it's over. Smile that it happened. Man says smile because it's happened. I'm enjoying <laughs> life right now about on the team. I'm enjoying life. Let me not lie to you. Hey, Denzel, this is what I mean about Arsenal fans. Remember when the first side of Bumming and they were, they were tracking his flight? At, at, when, he was, when, when they signed him, yeah, I was like, this guy is... <laughs> This guy's kick and run football. That's what Aubameyang was. Now he can no longer kick and run. Now look at him. So when I, I told you, I'm the prophet. When I speak, you listen. <laughs> You're the prophet, not sure. The same way Aubameyang, the same way Aubameyang was a kick and run footballer. The same way how Lacazette, yeah. When you signed him from Olympic Lyon, I said, this guy's not taking you to the next level. I told you, the, the moment the skin fade went, the goals went. <laughs> Do you know what? It's so you. weird. In... In Lacazette's case, I honestly don't know what went wrong because that year they bought him, he was in great form. 
No, he was good though. Like, he was a hot property back then. And then he came to Arsenal and he just became cheeks. <laughs> to be fair, 18 19, he was very good that season for us. Mm. Like, he was dragging us through most games, like Kevin said, as his hairline went and the rest of his hair went, his form and whatever's gone. But recently, he's been trying his best. Like, I can't really fault him. Like, he's linking up play, you know. He's getting some goals, even though he doesn't take enough shots sometimes. But you can see that he's trying his best. He's been a good example for the younger players, unlike Aubameyang at this point, really. So, but what a tragedy, though. Like, he had the best trims in the game. <laughs> I'm more upset about how he's glowed down, pause, more than his actual football career dying. Because, like, his trims, like, uh, Arsenal knew what they're doing. Every time he dropped a new kit, he was the model. Because it's his shape <laughs> Other than Ruben loftus cheek yeah, he had the best trims in the Premier League. I do not care. Who? Um, Ruben loftus cheek and uh, Lacazette had once upon a time had the best trim in the league. <laughs> no cap. They were doing trims. <laughs> no way. Pogba's trim is mad as well. A-star Barber's doing their thing. When Pogba keeps it simple, Pogba has good trims. But other than that, that bullshit on top of his head. Get off, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where all our clubs go. Denzel, do you think, before we move on to how our Christmases were. Um, do you think Chelsea can challenge for the title still, or are you like, nah, bye-bye, we're just going to... That's good. Happens. Um, if I'm being brutally honest, right now, the way things are, no. If we can somehow stay injury-free, yeah. But then I guess with all things considered, I mean, we've got Club World Cup to play in February, I think. AFCON's happening. There's just too many external factors right now to help us make a serious challenge for that title. I think we can stay in the conversation, but I don't think we will win it off of our performances alone. In order for us to win it, we need City to drop a lot of points along the way. I mean, there are only six points ahead of us right now, but even still, I just can't see us outperforming them in however many games we have left. So I'd say we, we'll be in the conversation, but I don't know if we'll win it. We're level on points and they've got a game in hand. Whoa. But in our next two games, we play Liverpool. All I'm going to say is moment, moment of silence for Liverpool when AFCON starts. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that is making me Liverpool not too Afcon worried. Mane's going to be gone. Man, no Mane, no Salah. That's, that's like 20 goals gone from the team there, fam. Neko Williams, Jota Firmino. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You losing Mendy is actually... I used to be very worried, but off recently, Kepa has been really solid, fam. I'm not as worried as I was before because he's been, in all fairness, credit to him, he's been really good. So... Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, I'm not as worried. I'm not saying he's a... He'll hold it down the same way as... No, no, no. He's actually, if you if you watched him in the Carabao Cup, he's actually improved, fam. I'm not talking about Carabao Cup. I'm talking about when they were in St. Petersburg, when that guy tore that shot top left corner. That Kepper. Yeah, <laughs> that Kepper, bro. I think he'll be all right. And I don't think... I mean, how long is AFCON for? A month, I think. Let's just hope Senegal gets knocked out early, fam. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's just hope they get knocked out from early, bro, so that Mendy can come back, because... A, look, they're not going to win it anyway, so let's just hurry up, get knocked out, and get back to your thing, man. But Eagles, yeah, Kyle, what's Congo saying? Listen, yeah, with Congo's long, like Balassi still gets games for us. 
If you want to know how where we are, that just sums it up for you. Um, so yeah, with Congo, like ain't Balassi forty, fam. Oh, <laughs> uh, with Congo, I don't know where we're going, man. Isn't it? It's long. If all these Europeans just convert to Congo, we'd be calm. So there's always Rambasaka, bro. There's always Rambasaka. He's there for you. No, please no. That'd be like you're trying to make me like I'm not watching that. <laughs> Who's that? Where's that? What's that brother's name again? Is he not Congolese and Kunku or something like that? He's gonna play for France. It's long for us. Oh, raw. Yeah. So Congo's future, yeah, is deep. I have to watch you, man. Hopefully, you have a group stage exit for Nigeria, and it'll be bliss. No so, way. Victor Osimhen is taking us to another title, fam. You heard that here, fam. No, Osimhen's good. Though. Our keeper is some Insta model, bruv. If you think Loftus Cheek isn't, is, yeah, that light skin brother, fam. If you think Loftus Cheek is a model, our goalkeeper is a model, bro. Loftus Cheek is a model, bro. He's he's a, he's a gallus. He's not a footballer, bro. Fam, like when when Chelsea are playing, yeah, I can't let my girl watch the game, bro. Cause she's like, oh, who's that? No, focus on the final third. Now Loftus Cheek is good, man. Niggas need to stop hating on him for being handsome. That's not his fault, fam. That's not his fault. I can't hit. I can't hit on the guy's game. But you know he's smashing that goal up top in Chelsea's board. Marina, you are buying it. Yeah. So it's been good to talk about all the football that has gone on. Really, like it's been a good Christmas day, been a good Boxing Day, all of that. So I just wanted to ask the guys how their Christmas was. Really. So we'll start with Kevin. Um, Christmas Day was thirty. Well, as much as it could have been because I was working in the lab overtime on. Christmas Eve. So I literally came back home on Christmas Day, literally knackered. So my Christmas probably started around like one. But when it started, boy, I ate from here to Bethlehem. Different types of food, jollof rice, ogmono, unkobi, everything. Everything touched my spirit on Christmas Day. You know what I mean? I had cake, a super malt, you know, bad yes. boy. Super malt is nice. We'll do with you later, don't worry. (laughs) We'll do with you later, you know what I mean? We'll do with you now, and God will do with you later. So I had had all of that stuff. Then also had to keep it, like, westernised as well, so I had my mashed potatoes, steak, you know what I mean? So I basically left the day like a hot air balloon, in it? So I had to do my cardio later at night, because my conscience was playing with me. (laughs) But now I still... Yeah. Yeah, my Christmas was calm, like... We must have gone to some church service the day before. Mm. Came back a bit late at home because of Blackpool Tunnel. There's always some rubbish going on there. So we, we were stuck there for like 50 minutes until we could actually move. But we got back home safely. Yeah, next day I woke up late, like 11, 12-ish, because I was just enjoying my sleep. But Christmas was good. Like My only contribution to the cooking was to peel the potatoes and wash them and chop them and yeah, make them. That's really it. But other than that, my mom and my sisters did the rest, which is the good thing of having them around, really. One day I'll pull my weight, but that one day might be a very long time. Um, but yeah, it was good. Like, you know, like you said about having westernized food, my Christmas dinner was all like roast, roast vegetables, cauliflower cheese. Um, what else was there? There was turkey, potatoes, you know, all the usual things in it chicken just bare stuff bare enjoyment i felt bloated but 
it was a lovely time. And then to finish it off, you know, you got to wash it down with sleep more. Like the the magnet the magnet all purposes purpose, they came together for black excellence. <laughs> <laughs> no, my Christmas was good, man. My Christmas was proper good. I had my girl and her family over. So we had oh, that good. we had that hey, Nigerian that Nigerian ex <laughs> ex rice and peas and roast. It was it banged man. Like by the end of the night, I was drunk and so full. I was it was a miracle I didn't throw up because my, my stomach was at capacity, fam. You can just imagine imagine back in rice and stew, rice and peas, everything. I was absolutely done for, fam. But yeah, it was a good Christmas though. Like everyone had a good time. I woke up hung over as fuck. I couldn't do anything. I'm till till today, the time is what? The time is 10:13. I've not washed a single plate, fam. <laughs> everyone in the house is just looking at each other thinking, I wonder who's going to do these plates, because it's not me. But I just like to add super malt is not nice. Okay. Karis, I want malt you to do a Twitter poll. Do a Twitter poll open for 24 hours. Just not in the heavens. Is super malt nice? Just not yet. taste like the devil's phlegm. It's not nice. God is going to bring this situation up, bro. Super malt. It's is... all right to not like super malt, even if you're out. Man, you don't like it. Are you a true Niger man? On a hot it's not nice, bro. Day. On a hot summer's day, when you're backing your moe on the side, tell me cold super malt. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm getting a bit heated still. Cold super malt. <laughs> oh, it's only second to cold apple juice. That's the only <laughs> super malt it's second to. Super malt. Even power malt is still actually power malt is a bit questionable though. Power, okay, power malt is a bit questionable. But super malt, you're not feeling mighty malt. <laughs> mighty malt. Word, the, you missed it out. Mighty malt is the Arsenal super malt. <laughs> Wait, where, where's your shame? That means it's good. Mighty malt is actually like it's like getting to uni through clearing. Not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just it doesn't have the same feeling. It's just it's just like. You couldn't get the super malt, so you got the mighty malt. So you like, you just have to pretend like you're enjoying it, but you're not, bro. None of them are nice. Malt is dead in general. It's not, bro. So it's, you like ginger? I know you drink Sprite every day. Ginger beer slaps. You, you used to swap a Buddha for um um Aberdeen. Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 I said ginger beer. The same thing that ginger beer is leng, bro. Ginger beer is leng. No, I had to back then to school. Huh? You like ginger beer, curious? Yeah, ginger beer is peng. I don't know what you're on about. Mike, uh, yeah, yeah, you're lost there, bro. Ginger beer slaps. Okay, what's better, supermalt or ginger beer? Ginger beer. still. You said ginger beer, Karis? No, supermalt. Ginger oh, beer okay. is better than supermalt. Ginger beer attacks the back of my throat with so much quantity. It's like, why are people drinking this? You know? No, what did you man get for Christmas then? Like, any of these presents nice. or? Money. Yeah, I got, I got some nice perfume still. Um, I'm going to Harrods tomorrow. My mom's going to buy me some more stuff. Um, I was blessed. My girl got me a nice top from Manier Devoir. So, yeah, I can't complain really. Model things. Yeah, I, I got money from my uncle's aunties because, you know, I, I'm at the age where money is what they give me. But my, <laughs> my girl did give me a pretty good gift. She got me a jacket, really nice jacket, which I wanted. And um, she got me something else. She said she, had, she hasn't told me yet. And yeah. That's kind of kind of the standard, isn't it? I'm at that age where you don't really get the thought through gifts now. Just take this money shot. No, he. No, I think the present that shot that shopped me the most was I must have opened it. I got these, you know, Crocs. Huh? Yeah, they're comfy as hell, though. Yeah. I need to get a pair. The thing is, they're comfy, but they look like uncle shoes. You get what I mean? 
what like, crocs they do, but they're in fashion now, bro. They're in fashion. I have bopping in crocs, bro. <laughs> but like, I'll wear them. To, thinking... I'll wear them to work at the pharmacy because standing eight hours at a counter is not the would one. Sand- would I wear sandals to work at a pharmacy? No, would you wear sandals like period? Why would I do that? No, good for me. That's too much. You to wear the Bethlehem 11s. <laughs> Yo, I said the, Mar- the Mary, Mary X Joseph Falls, you know. <laughs> no way. Nah, bro. I can't I can't wear like I feel like Jerusalem Jays. Man them like Kanye have actually like interrupted the fashion world. Like the sandals and the slippers are coming through right now, bro. It's not drip, bro. It's not drip. Please just leave it out. Just leave it out. Like Adidas slides is good enough for me, man. Um, yeah, what color uni, crocs everybody's wearing get? them what hmm? color crocs did you get Karis? uh they're black so at least that's calm yeah, are you gonna calm. get all the little pins and badges for them <laughs> who do you think i am no <laughs> 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 i'm an arsenal fanatic bro you're gonna get arsenal badges for it he's gonna get a little arsenal badge there little gunners emblem thing all of them things there bro yeah so that i'm nice, but i'm not gonna decorate the whole thing in it like so i'll wear gonna- it to book to tesco and that's it Nah, bro. I'm going to put 12-time FA Cup winners on it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you don't stop, man, but it's calm. All I'm saying is that you die for FA Cup. No trophy since Mourinho left. Realistically, I'll, I'll die for any trophy right now. But one thing I was going to say, yeah, was I like I respect what Chelsea did. Chelsea played a youth against... Um, what, what team did Chelsea play against? It was... Uh, in the what, FA Cup? In the Carabao. Or Brentford. Uh, Carabao, yeah, we played... Um, was it Brentford we played recently? Yeah, yeah it was so, Brentford. So, yeah, look yeah, at yeah. the lineup. Arsenal are so desperate to be relevant. So they played seasoned veterans against Sunderland. <laughs> shame. And, K- and Ketio doesn't even start for us. Where was Pepe? Pepe. <laughs> oh, they're oh, like 29 years old, bro. No, but Pepe's washed anyway. So. Pepe is 72 million pounds, bro. Yeah, but he's you not good. Fight, you don't find that. You don't find 72 million pounds before. <laughs> look at his agenda. You know that he's not good either. Huh? <laughs> Even no, you know that is not good, bro. Well, I'm gonna say is Arsenal have always done this. Arsenal played that starting eleven against like Peterborough. If it means they can win that FA Cup, that's what City do, not us. Both of you do it, and that's why both of you are shameless. <laughs> no, nah, Pep both doesn't give a fuck, fam. He doesn't care if he's playing Accrington Stanley, fam. He's playing that strong. Kevin De Bruyne is stacked on that pitch, fam. To make sure, <laughs> to make sure it's eight <laughs> 0 <laughs> 100%, bro. Pepe, don't, Pepe Guardiola don't play with his... With his, with his um, silverware his is silverware to Pep. He does not give a damn. What do you mean this is not an important... You will play A. Where's Ga- Gabriel Jesus broke his ankle? Inject him. He's playing. Oh, my. It's mad. But well, yeah, like, Christmas and Boxing Day, you know, it's been good, like, good time with the family. Today's been a good time to watch some football. And, yeah, I think... Next episode, we're going to talk about AFCON for sure in more depth. So we'll talk a little bit about the January transfer window because we'll be in the new year by then. Mm. So there's loads to talk about in the football world and there's more to come for sure. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed this podcast. It's only the beginning. We'll continue to get better as we go on. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at the BTB pod. And yeah, just thank you for all the support as always. And if you like it, then let us know. If you've got any criticisms, let us know. Anything you want us to talk about, as I said again, let us know. So thank you for tuning in with us and it's a goodbye for now.